everyone. Welcome to this episode of Transform TV's podcast series. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that affects everybody, which is the challenges of implementing digital transformation projects. And our guest today, who's going to tell us a little bit about himself, is someone that brings a lot of experience to the table on this topic. So, Srini, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Tell the audience a little bit about who you are in your journey so far. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for making me part of this uh, podcast. Uh, myself, uh, Srini Raghavan, I'm, I'm an accomplished supply chain executive, uh, and I help companies uh, transform their top and bottom lines by uh, transforming their organizations from siloed uh, supply chains to uh, more resilient ones uh, by using a business process and automation. Um, and I have uh, done a lot of transformation work within the electronics industry and then more recently uh, within the building materials industry. So uh, that's where most of my experience has been. Well, thank you for that, Srini. Um, I'm, I'm going to jump right into the questions because I right away you hit upon a word that everyone hits upon, which is silos. Uh, so can you tell us, you know, a little bit about uh, what the challenges are that you faced with implementing digital transformation projects? Yeah, so uh, I would start off with the why, right? So the first set of challenge is uh, to convince uh, the supply chain practitioners and managements within these companies. And I typically, uh, you know, I've, most of my work has been in smaller companies, less than $3 billion uh, of revenue. So it's, it's, it's about how you convince the supply chain practitioners and the management within these companies that a supply transformation is indeed needed. And, uh, you know, there, some of, sometimes, you know, the, the links are pretty obvious where your customer is either asking for uh, more supply chain visibility or sometimes even internally, your supply chain practitioners are looking for better data, more visibility, any and all of that, right? So uh, the first challenge is to communicate why, is to understand why and then communicate why and then uh, rally the team around that. So once you do that, then the question becomes, okay, who's going to do this, right? Uh, and again, you know, most of the small companies don't have an enterprise-wide function, which is typically what does the transformation piece of it, implements the new business processes and the systems and things like that. Um, but uh, once, once having figured out the why, then the question becomes who? Right, so these roles have to be defined. And I'll give you an example: like master data management, usually in siloed organizations, is handled uh, regionally or it's handled by different groups. But having clean, good master data is uh, like the backbone, right? I mean, it's it's mm -hmm. it's the key to success. So uh, having that. Uh, organization set up, having that responsibility set up and making people responsible for that, right? That is, that is the, that is the second one, right? Uh, you know, the second challenge, uh, if you will, right? And then once you, once you get, uh, once you get uh, the why and the who answered, then, you know, getting through the transformation project and actually getting it done on time, and I emphasize on time because, again, in smaller companies, it's a question of resources, right? And most yeah. of these resources who are part of the project management team have their quote-unquote day jobs, right? So they have to do their day-to-day -day supply chain operations, procurement functions, whatever that is, right? So to get a, uh, a fair sh a mind share uh, from that team uh, to, to go do this along with their day job uh, usually becomes uh, one of the big bottleneck constraints, right? And how do you work around that? How do you make it happen despite those schedules on time uh, is, is the key uh, because a lot of times transformation projects become 
the second job, right? And they continue to drag on. And the longer they drag on, right, the lesser chance of success that you typically have. That's been my experience. So I would like to get things done on time uh, and then, you know, get the team on board, right? So uh, those I would think yeah, but, are like the top three challenges. And, but how would you, how do you get, I mean, what you said there is very true. And a lot of people sort of see that transformation projects are just another project they're not the day job I, I really i really do like the way that you've categorized that that way you know how do you convince i don't know supply chain leaders executives the people in the trenches that transformation isn't it is their day job uh or at the very least it's going to improve their day job how do you get them to do that yeah so uh in my past experience right uh you have to fundamentally answer the question to the people in the trenches. And the fundamental question is, what is in it for me? How is it going to make my life better, right? And once you get, once you convince them, and, and I think that is the job of the supply chain leaders is to convince them of that, right? I will give you an example with one of my previous uh, companies where my planners, I had a team of about 50 planners in, uh, in, in Taiwan, and they were spending a lot of their time going through manual spreadsheets. And they would do this once every two weeks, they would spend like four days back to back till eight o'clock or nine o'clock sitting in the office trying to put all this data together. So for us, it was very clear. We said, hey, the company is growing. We are not going to add more resources. So we have an option here. You could work till nine and get this result. And going forward, maybe it's 10 o'clock, maybe it's 11, right? But the bottom line point is you're going to have to work much more, right? And the industry that we are in is so volatile that only a system can solve this problem. And oh, by the way, once we put a system in, right? And the process is going to be a little bit painful. But once we put the system in, right? you can go work on higher value added tasks, right? Rather than, you know, crunching, da crunching data and putting the bits and pieces together, right? So once you convince them of that, right? Then what happens is once you get that lead, once you get your leaders, your first line leaders to adopt that thinking, some of them graduate and they become part of uh, the supply chain team, then, uh, you know, the transformation team. And then they can go convince one layer below them, right? To take right. on more. And again, it's temporary, right? While you're going through the transformation process, uh, it's those six months or 12 months, whatever it is, uh, that's when the workload is. And again, I think I think it's the, the job of the leaders to go convince the, the, the workers in the trenches, for lack of a better term, to, 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 to help them see the benefits of what the transformation is and what it's going to do for them. And, you know, once we went through the transformation journey, in our case, I mean, you could visibly see, tangibly see, uh, you know, people getting through their workday, doing more, accomplishing more, doing more high value added tasks and getting out of the office out at 6 p.m. or 5 p.m., right? So the work-life so balance angle. Oh, absolutely. The work-life balance was was there. They could, they could regain that sense of work-life balance. Uh, no more working on the weekends and trying to crunch this data and stuff like that, which I think as leaders, we owe it to them, right? Mm -hmm. We are in an age of modern ERP systems, modern bots, right? So it, it, it only behooves us uh, to bring these transformational changes and, and, and help the team. So I think, I think we saw tangible improvements there. And, and did that sort of also um, uncover skills gaps, you know, where people perhaps were so fixated on working on Excel spreadsheets, because that's the only thing they knew how to do? What did you do in that instance? 
Yeah. So I think, I think again, going back to my comment about smaller companies, I think smaller companies and particularly companies that grow through acquisitions, right? There is so much emphasis on maintaining what you got, right? So you've got a collection of three mm -hmm. or four companies and every company comes, it comes in with its own process and it's just the basic process, right? You know, everybody working on Excel and things like that. So to overcome the skills gap, what we did was a lot of training, right? We, we basically got in uh, system integrators and, you know, experts, SMEs within our team. We hired new people uh, as part of this exercise. We got them, uh, you know, into our team and we basically offered a lot of training in the, in the sense that we walked through the basic nuts and bolts, the basic unit processes, right? What, what data do you need to put into the system to get this expected result from the system, right? And then people, when they actually verify that data and they say, and that's when the aha moment is, ah, okay, I've been adding spreadsheet number one plus spreadsheet number two and then minusing spreadsheet number three. And this system does all on its own, right? And I still get the same result. So that's the mm -hmm. aha moment, right? Uh, and, and when they see that for themselves, and it, it's not something that can be pontificated, it's not something that can right. be explained, it has to be experienced, right? And when the first line managers and, the, and their subordinates, when they experience that, when they see that magic, right, it, it automatically clicks. And then you give them also a different set of tools where you say, okay, now the system is doing this, okay, so now your task is not to put these spreadsheets together, but draw data out of the system and then spend more of the time interpreting that data, right? Because yeah. my fundamental belief, and I think a lot of organizations work this way, is data should be there on your desk when you get there in the morning. Getting the data is not the job. Interpreting that data into useful information and driving business through that is where the skill set is. And that's what we hire for, right? So there's a little bit of reskilling and retooling that you have to do, but I think it's very much possible. And something I think people people want to do, you know, they do want to reskill, don't they? You know, so, so uh, you know, so many digital transformation projects fail, right? You know, there's the 75%, whatever McKinsey said, right. so many digital transformation projects fail. I, I've got one, my theory, uh, which I'm sure is it's not rocket science, everybody's theory, which is that sometimes companies get given a whole bunch of technology and say, here's digital technology, well done, you are now digitally transformed. Uh, you know, what, what, uh, why do you think a lot of digital transformation projects fail? I think uh, typically what happens is people bring in a lot of tools, right? The systems, and then they throw it at, uh, at teams. But uh, there is, there is a lot more that goes on with uh, transformation, right? Because it's a journey, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the it's success ongoing, factor for it's, transformation. It's right. ongoing. It's, 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 it's ongoing. It's ongoing. Absolutely. Like you said. And uh, the key for me is the adoption, right? Because I've been in companies which have had the latest and greatest ERP systems all connected, but then people still resort to using their spreadsheet right? So I think the key is adoption. That is the measure of success, right? If you have even half or even 60% or 70% of your organization adopting some of those systems over years, like, like you mentioned, the journey, right? What will happen yeah. is that 50% or 60% will cross-pollinate and there, there will be more adopters, right? And then when you look back, say five years from now, you will see the progression and the adoption, right? So uh, when you say adoption, right, what 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 does that what does that entail, right? Uh, basically, I think I think it's uh, involvement, right, from from uh, from 
the grassroots level, right? So bringing everybody on board, right? Making sure that they uh, they are listened to. A that is very important. B their ideas understood, their problems are understood, and then the digital transformation should be an answer. May not be the perfect answer, but should be at least an answer to their problems. So then they see that uh, the transformation and the system as their friend, quote unquote, for lack of a better term, right? And once they start seeing that and then the tangible benefits that follow, then I think the transformation is, 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 is more of a success, right? Rather than, hey, here's a system, go click four buttons and then do this, right? So that, that's, how, that's how I view it. Can we talk for a second about COVID? You know, this is uh, one of the big challenges that a lot of people have right now is the volatility in the marketplace, which is always we've always had volatility. Right. But um, the sort of real complicated volatility and uncertainty that we have in our business has meant that a lot of people. Well, there's two schools of thought. There are people that are accelerating their digital transformation. And then there's there are those people that are trying to you know, put out the fires and doing back to what you said at the beginning, their day job, you know, trying to make sure that they're getting um, resilience into the business. How, what advice do you have to supply chain leaders in terms of implementing transformation projects during a pandemic, during crisis, during disruption? Great, great question. I think I think going back to the you know the fundamentals, I would say the pandemic is 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 a is a is a, is a crisis that is uh, forcing. And I think it's a great incentive to go do a digital transformation in the first place, right? So if if companies were thinking, and a lot of times they think, oh, we are too small to do a digital transformation, or oh, I don't need a transformation, or my organization doesn't need a transformation. Well, I think I think this crisis is. Uh, the answer. I think this this lets you prove out the ROI very quickly. Um, so absolutely, right? I think every industry, there's not too many industries that I know of that don't need a transformation. So so let's answer that question first. Everybody does need a transformation. Don't ever let a crisis go to go to waste, right? So use that, right? Um, and, and in my experience, what we have done is uh, with, with all these successful tools, right? Whether it's Zoom or whether it's, uh, you know, whatever Microsoft Teams or whatever, whatever companies use, these tools have become so effective a video conferencing right these things have become so effective nowadays where it's as though right the other person across in asia or across in europe is just mm-hmm. in the same room right so all these collaboration tools have come in and uh, you know i have seen cases and been part of cases where we have done erp implementations virtually successfully virtually so it's 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 absolutely possible um, these collaboration tools are are, are, are great. Yes, you all occasionally do get the the dog barking in the in the in the background, but but that's that's all good. Uh, you know, it's, but it's our new normal. It's the new it's yeah. the new way we work. You know, but you no longer have to get on a plane and take your team together. There's no barrier to getting everyone around the table. Right. No, absolutely agree. And and when when we did our transformation, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at, at diodes, uh, it was we met month on month every month in Asia for 18 months, right? And what is the fundamental wow. point of that? The fundamental point is to get the SMEs, get the, get, the, get the folks who are facing the real problem, get all of them into the room and then discover solutions. Now we have collaboration tools that allow us to do that very effectively and why not take advantage of that, right? So uh, I, think, I think the heart and the root of the matter is how can digital transformation help solve problems what is in it for me 
right? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, as a, as, a, as a trench, you know, first line worker, how does it make my job easier? And then if I do get stuck during the digital transformation, who's going to be there to have my back? What kind of tools are available, right? So management buy-in, right? Training tools, you put all that in a toolkit. And once you have that backup, I think uh, the first line people, first line managers, leaders, everybody feels much more confident, much more, much more in control of the situation because they do have a backup plan, right? So putting all that together, I think, I think absolutely uh, with these collaboration tools, uh, I think everything's possible, everything's possible. I like what you said there about, you know, don't let a crisis go to waste. You know, this is this is an opportunity. Do, do you think that there are other opportunities that have come out of this situation for supply chain in general? Yes, absolutely. Um, I would say, you know, sourcing, right? Uh, let's just take multi-sourcing. Multi-sourcing is a concept that has existed for years, right? And then companies big and small, everybody does that. You know, even a homeowner, right? I mean, you get three quotes before you do some home repairs, uh, you know, at home, right? So uh, mm -hmm. concepts existed there for a long time. But geographically diversifying your sources, right? Having one source uh, in Europe, having uh, a couple of sources in Asia and then having another source uh, here in the US, right? Uh, that usually did not happen because you wanted all three of your sources to be low cost and you know all of them competing on cost, right? But now assurance of supply has become such a big deal that your people are ready to pay more companies are ready to pay a little bit more to get that supply, right? Because end of the day, mm -hmm. no supply means no revenue, right? So now you want geographical diversity, right? And then when you start talking about uh, tariffs and other kind of, uh, you know, trade issues, right? You you absolutely want to be diversified, right? So I think, I think that's just one example of how uh, the crisis has, uh, you know, has, has, has provoked people to go seek better solutions. What is your biggest learning from the last year? Well, the biggest learning is 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 I would go back to you know uh, supply chain visibility, right? Because you could you could have multiple sources, right? You could have uh, you know geographically diverse sources, but end of the day, uh, the economy the the demand has gone up so much. There is so much volatility, even in industries which which were not used to so much volatility, right? And mm -hmm. then volatility become brings uncertainty, and the only thing that can resolve uncertainty is visibility. Right. So when yeah. you have visible, because end of the day, you know, one of my mentors told me the customer cares about only two things. How much are they going to get and when are they going to get it? Right. And mm -hmm. those questions can be answered only by visibility. So getting visibility, getting your systems connected uh, is, is, is probably the biggest learning. And, and, and you can probably uh, see this in the marketplace. There is so much demand for these visibility tools. There is so much demand for um, tools that do uh, simulations, right? Because, you know, let's say, let's go, go back to our example with the Suez Canal, right? I mean, the Suez Canal is, you know, you got a, you got a ship stuck there. And, you know, if your container happens to be one of them, right? How does the supply get impacted, right? So mm -hmm. I think visibility and supply chain simulation tools uh, are, 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 those are the things for me. Are essential. That's been, oh, those are absolutely essential. That is the biggest learning for me is because, you know, after the pandemic, there are so many situations that happen. None of them were predictable, right? And they continue to happen. Um, so I think, I think, I think those are the two biggest lessons learned for me.
I think also the era of disruption is here. You know, we we had it easy going. If I mean, maybe that sounds that sounds trite to say it. I wouldn't say easy going, but I think we're now living in a very different era, an era of disruption. Yeah, you know? absolutely, well, absolutely. Do you have any any predictions for the year ahead? Uh, you know, anything that you think that, or at least what you're going to be focusing on? Yeah. So. Uh, I think I think disruption, uh, you know, is is here to last, right? At least for at least for this year, and I and I hate to say put it that way, but uh, I think it's a it's a great incentive for all of us to start preparing for 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 that, right? Uh, I think uh, you know if you look at the the chip industry, right? I mean that industry has been hit so hard with supply chain disruptions and so much demand going up. I think I think they are going to be taking at least all of 2021, maybe even the first half of 2022, right, uh, to, to come out of that and how that's had an effect on the auto industry, for example, how that's had an effect on, on other manufacturing, for example, retail's been hit uh, pretty hard. Um, so I think I think they would they would probably be under the same uh, umbrella, uh, probably take all of 2021 to recover. But uh, I would I would just go back to uh, the same points, right? Uh, focus on visibility, focus on how you can simulate uh, any disruption, right? Not only this, but who knows, right? What, what's, what's coming in the future? Uh, I, think, I think it's gonna form a great playbook if we were to get all the tools in place. I think it's gonna form a great set of lessons learned for, for the future. So um, those, are, those are the things that, that I'm personally focused on uh, within my organizations. Srini, thank you so much for being part of our podcast series. That's all the time that we've got uh, today. No doubt, I'm sure we'll see you again. I'm sure you'll be part of another podcast series with us. So I want to thank you for taking the time and sharing your thoughts on adoption and disruption and uh, and how we um, you know view the year ahead. Thank you, Maria. This was a great conversation. Uh, and uh, yes, look forward to the next podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And for those of you watching at home, we'll see you at the next one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.